James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Balotelli. Aguero. Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a huge guest on this week. Uh, I told the boys that uh, we had a former GWS and Freo player on, and they said, is it Tendai Mazungu? And I said, no, it's actually not. It's Tommy Sheridan. So thank you very much for joining us, mate. It's uh, been a while in the making. I've absolutely butchered it a few times, but uh, you've come on board, and uh, even though you're crook, you've still come in today. So thanks, mate. Nah, bro, it's a pleasure, mate. It's uh yeah, we finally got here. It's hard work organising podcasts. I uh, respect you, mate. So I'm excited. And yeah, big shout out to Tendon Mazunga. I was actually on a Zoom call with him last night. He was heading to Gaelic football training. I don't know what he was doing, but we had our NFL uh, lottery last night. So it's funny that you mentioned uh, Tendon's name there. Oh, very good. Well, yeah, NFL season, the preseason starts today. Yeah, I know. So I'm sure you're all over I'm it. I'm all over it, mate. I was going to have a little dabble. I thought, no, I'll just wait because my, my boys, the Ravens, they, I think they're 20 straight in the preseason. So, you know, the trend's your friend there, bro. If I thought maybe we just have a little have a little dabble into the Lions tonight. But, no, nah, I'm excited. NFL is me bread and butter. Um, I just love it so much. And preseason, not too much. I just have a look at it. I don't, I don't look too far into it because they don't – they don't, you know, they don't showcase uh, all the guns. They're kind of just picking the squad, and sometimes as you read too far into it, you'll you'll just absolutely butcher your uh, your fantasy league drafting, mate. So, nah, it's very exciting. I think we're twenty nine days to go or something, and um, AFL season gets to finals soon. It's just all mayhem soon. You can't wait. Yeah, very good. So, if you got into NFL purely from when you were playing footy, a bit of time off, and started watching it, or has it been like a day one sort of thing that you started watching it? I reckon uh, I've said it before, but Zach Dawson was massive on it. Um, and then there was a fantasy league. I never really jumped at it. Once I started fantasy, I started following it closely. But I, my, my in was I was lucky enough to meet Eric Decker, who was playing at the New York Jets when he was, you know, with Brandon Marshall on the on the uh, other side. And being a wide receiver, to meet a wide receiver is pretty cool. You know, they're they're, oh, yeah. they're just the stars of the show. Dex is still a mate of mine. He's just a ripping guy. Like. Didn't, you know, like all most of your mates, you know what I mean? Obviously, they, they're superstars, but he's just a cool dude. And we went over to New York, and when he showed us, like, a, he gave us a facility tour and talked us through pretty much everything. Fell in love with the, you know, with Dex himself because he was just so humble and um, he had so much time for us. And then we went and watched him that, that Sunday, and he scored the first touchdown, and we were there in New York. I'm like, how fucking is this? He hung him up, not like, you know, three years after that point. Um, he actually had a tough end of his career with just injuries, and you know, he went to um, he went to the Titans for a year, and we watched him there. But yeah, mate, I, I fell in love. You know, I think it was 2015 or 16. Yeah, that was when I was like right into it. And then from then on, I've just been following it like a you know, just I guess with AFL off seasons, you'd go over there and watch a few games, um, and then in pre season, sometimes you'd be 
doing top-up cross-training if you're in fat club, mate, and it'd be on the screen and you just go do an extra 20 minutes of cardio on the bike, no dramas. Yeah, that's it. And I think fantasy makes it a big difference as well. You get to know the players and you start to go, fuck, this bloke's not performing. Like, yeah. I'm a big NBA fantasy draft man and it's just like, how's this bloke not averaging 20 points for me on here? It's And on that, though, like, it's the, the coolest thing about um, fantasy if it is the people that you do it with. So we've we got a... I'm in a few of them. I'm in three. I could be in six, but you've got to cut it back. But you've yeah. got groups of mates and you create a WhatsApp group and it's a great way to keep in contact with all your friends. We've got a group there with all the old Freo boys. I think there's only two or three you know, boys playing still. And it's just the easiest way to keep in contact. You've got a group chat that goes pretty much all year round. It's a bit of banter. And then obviously when NFL starts, it fires right up, but it's, it is a great way to keep um, in contact with a lot of your friends and meet their friends as well, especially if you if your league expands. So that's that's the cool thing about it as well. No, nah, very good, mate. I want to I want to ask about the nickname Train. I think you've probably touched on it on your own podcast and stuff, but the the origins of it, where did it come from? Oh, I think I just self proclaimed. My mate Michael Tarley used to call himself the Mick Man when we were like under 16s. So I just called myself the T Train because Fraser Garrick was the G Train. And I just <laughs> flipped, the, flipped the G with the T. And then Mickey Barlow started running with the train uh, my first year, just stuck onto the, I think, Thomas the Tank Engine. And he had no idea why he used to say it. But um, yeah, I think he got wind off, off a few boys that that's what we used to muck around with. And it stuck, yeah. I actually tried to get some dirt from Mickey Barlow on you. He's really good mates with me, brother. Yeah. Because he's from Shepparton as well. And uh, he's obviously just had a kid recently. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll ease off on it. So you probably got off lightly there. I reckon you oh, would have you a few have, good stories. Yeah, you could have stitched me up there. I was like, he was another one on the Zoom last night. Bales, his, his newborn was carrying on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's a good, good man. They're all good men. Big shout out to Shep boys. There, I've met, never met a bad bloke out of Shepparton. Yeah, well, it, it gets a big, it gets a, a lot of rep in the media and all that sort of stuff. But some good AFL players that are playing in there at the moment, like Jai Simpkins from there, um, Jarman Impey, a couple of blokes like that. So there's some good footballers, obviously. Still sideboards from Shep. Still sideboards from Shep. Yeah. Um, obviously, I went struck down with injuries, so that's what cost me. But no, mate, don't worry. I know how you feel. <laughs> that's the typical story, anyway. Um, I want to strip it right back. I know that you've obviously had a great career, but um, go back to the start. Born in 93. Something like that. Who yeah. really cares? But, yeah, I grew yeah. up in Riddles Creek. I was – yeah, that's where, I, that's, where um, that's where I was brought up, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so watching AFL growing up, who's your support? Oh, I love the Bombers. Mate, yeah. like James Hurd's my favourite. He knows that. I've told him that before to his face. Um, you know, Matty Lloyd – you know, you think of that, those kind of guys. Scotty Lucas, he was another bloke up there at the time. Dustin Fletcher, which is amazing that he played so long. But, yeah, Essendon was you – know, Kevin Shetty was coaching then. And, yeah, Essendon was the – it was the team I was obsessed with, mate, to be honest. I, I knew a lot about them and um, used to just – yeah, used to love the Bombers, mate. That was me. That was me team. Appreciate of the choir there, mate. Are you a Dons man? Massive Dons man. And it just, Jeez, I'm it just glad I got me. drafted when I did because it would have been a painful last day. Yeah, exactly right. The ups and downs throughout there. But um, did you always have ambitions to sort of play AFL? Like through your junior career, like we're, the typical questions, I guess, were you, were you a standout early days? Yeah, I was pretty confident like in my own abilities. I am in life as well when, I, when I'm passionate about something and that's something I'll give a tip at later. Like if, you, if you're good at something, just go for it. I probably put all my eggs in the footy as well. Like I didn't really try too hard at school. 
I was I was good at certain subjects, but I just used to take the piss a bit. Um, and I just because I used to love footy so much, I was just so if you just, if you looked at me at school and how I applied myself versus footy, it's completely different. Um, I just love footy. I, I and I was I was really good at it. That's the thing. Like you know, when you're good at something, it becomes a bit easier. You want to get better. Um, and I probably when I say I was good at it, I didn't realize I was that good at it till about I think you know under 16s when you make a state team. Yeah, I didn't feel like I, I, I thought that oh, I'm not really. I was very, you know, timid and skinny, underdeveloped, um, athletically gifted. I guess I could I could outrun them all still, but I never really believed in myself enough until I probably got to that level. I went, fuck! I'm in the state team here. Yeah, I'm in the under sixteen state team. I'm, I've been named in the best in the first game. I've played okay, but nowhere near the level of local because you can't. It's not as easy to dominate in that level, but. Shit, I'm on the right track here, and you see the names that have gone before you. That was the that was the moment where I'm like, like I'm actually if I can if I can, can like keep this up, there's a pathway here. Yeah. So, yeah, no doubt, I knew I was good at footy, but everyone is, mate. Like at local level, yeah. everyone's a star. It's until you get to the next few levels and you can keep it up, and and not only that, you can make a few guys look silly when you're one on one. It's like, oh, I'm actually, yeah, I'm in the top percentile here, you know. So. That was probably the moment when I got picked up for the state team under 16, so I would have been 15 years old. That was when I was like, shit, I've, I think I'm going all right here. Yeah, eggs in the all, all in the one basket. Oh, all going. the eggs in there, mate. Yeah. All of them. I mean, not all of them, but you – know, I know what you mean, yeah. It was just like everyone asked me, what are you going to do if footy doesn't work out? You know, And I used to say, oh, we'll, we'll work out – You know, we'll get to – we'll work that out when it happens. But I'm, the way we're going here, I'm, I, I want to play footy. And I literally – I never ever thought I wouldn't make it. I'll be honest. But once I got to fifteen, I was like, I'm. I just need to keep doing this. I'm. I'm and everything that I needed to do, we kind of kept ticking off slowly. Um, pretty hard on myself as well. Used to, you know, tr- used to train so hard as man. Michael Talia, another shout out. Like, because Daniel Talia got picked up, we were getting his training sessions and we were doing his AFL preseasons and all that kind of stuff, and he's. You know, Mick is a beast in the gym, so he was taking me through these ridiculous gym programs. We laugh now. Like, we wouldn't even do that at AFL. It was like, you know, four sets of 12. There'd be like 10 exercises. There'd be one session and go for a swim and running. And, oh, it was ridiculous. So, yeah, we I thought we earned it. Um, but, yeah, to answer your question, I yeah, I started to believe when I was 15, I reckon. Yeah, and just hearing you speak as well, it's a confidence thing. It's not an arrogance thing. It's like a, yeah, of I, course. I, I'm there. Like, it's... A lot of people, a lot of tall poppy syndrome around here, but you have belief in yourself, and that's yeah. probably that's that's massive. Like, well, it's kind of it's it's action built. Like you said, go into a go into an English exam and, and nail it. I, I'm no chance. I'm no yeah. good at English. Like I just know that I'm not going to do too well. I'd need to do a lot of prep. I'm not naturally gifted. I'm not naturally talented. But then with footy, you like you know, just throw the ball up and let's play, and you generally start to go all right. So second nature for you. Yeah. Well, that's it. So it comes around to 2011, uh, obviously your draft year, and you said you knew you were going to get picked up. When it picked 16, were you in talks with clubs throughout the year? Was it not towards the end? Were you in talks at all? How did, how did it all come about once that sort of season panned out? Like you obviously had a great year. You were TAC Cup Team of the Year, um, would have played national championships. Yeah, so I had a good year. We, I mean, from a team, I'm always about the team. We got, we got done in the prelim, which I was burning – I was the skipper of the cannons and yeah, we got done in the prelim, which hurt because we, I thought we could have won back to back, but that ended, I had a good year. I had 14 interviews at draft camp, 
um, I was told I was going to go in the first round. I went to Essendon the day before the draft. I didn't get invited to the draft though, so I was the later of the first round. Yeah. Um, so I was not expecting to go at sixteen. My start was nineteen, which is Essendon. I met with Herdy, met with the boys, went to Windy Hill the day before. It was almost a done deal without them. Time I literally looked them in the eyes and said, "Hey boys, are we? Are you taking me with your first pick?" And they all started laughing and kind of. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't say, but they're like, mate, we'll probably see you tomorrow. You know what I mean? So I was really excited. Harold Sun contacted my um my manager at the time. Oh, well, yeah, Paul Connors and that. But like, I think it was a manager or whatever. But they come to, they were following me around for the day. So it was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was putting two and two together. I knew I was getting picked up. I just didn't know where. And because of all those interviews, all those clubs were 19 to, you know, 30 odd. So I didn't, I did, had no idea where I was going. And, you know, it's funny because Fremantle, Fremantle's recru- head recruiter was Brad Lloyd, and um, we know the Lloyd family quite well. Lloyd's old man, who sadly just passed recently, um, he used to coach my old man in footy. Yeah. So they they didn't really give me much Freo, but they knew a lot about me. So it's funny when I got picked up because I thought, fuck, they didn't really give me much at draft camp or or follow up either. They they did their work early, and I never heard from them. So when they picked me up, I was quite shocked. Um, but yeah, I thought I was going to go to Essendon at 19, not 16. Flat. You would have been licking your chops going, playing with me idols when I was younger. Wow, hurdy coaching. I was just, you know, it would have yeah. been off its head. I've yeah. never been a WA either. So yeah, well, that's, that's my next point. Obviously, at that age, 18, moving across the other side of the country, you seem like a pretty outgoing person though. Was it an easy transition? Oh, it was hard, man. Look, I look back now, I was carrying on like a bit of a peanut. Like I'm up and about all the time. It's obviously a professional environment. Yeah, you're out of your depth. But I wasn't – I probably struggled six months in. Once you're not getting a game, you're that far off it. You don't realise how, you know – you know, Ross Lyon was my coach as well. So it wasn't like I was going to a club where – like. He didn't give a fuck what, what pick you went. Either did any of them. But he was real – like he was coming in hot because he just – he just literally got the gig, and Harvey yeah. just got, the, you know, blindsided. So there's a lot of a lot of things going on. So he wasn't just coming in to, to do his thing. He wasn't coming in to fuck around. It was like this is the standards, and they were as high as they get. So it was a bit of a shock to the system, and with no support, you know, when I say no support, like no family, no friends, not one person outside of the footy club did I know. So that was the hardest part. You know, you have a bad day, you, you kind of. You do uh, your resilience does go through the roof. You you become mentally tough and um, but yeah, moving across to the other side of the country at eighteen when you've been living at your folks' joint, it was a bit of a shock to the system. But one that I'm forever grateful for, and I'm glad it did happen. It's taught me a lot of things, and I met some amazing people. That's it, and I'm sure you would have had a heap of drink cards and that thrown out over the times. Not in not so much in Perth. I reckon down here, CQ used to hand them out. Um, you know, the boys, the Russians used to have, you know, Eve. We used to, we used to love going to those places. But Perth was, mate, Perth was a bit backwards back then. They didn't have Sunday trading. Like, it wasn't the, it wasn't the hottest spot in the, in the world, you know. Like, yeah, I right. didn't really know where to go. Hayden Crozier was my housemate. He didn't even, he wasn't even 18 when we got drafted. He was 17, <laughs> so he couldn't even go out. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's very funny. It's a long time ago when you think about it. So you made your debut end of 2012 against Melbourne. Were you a bit, not pissed off, but sort of going, I felt like I deserved an opportunity earlier, or do you think it came at exactly at the right time? Oh, yeah, I thought I should have got a gig earlier. Um, I actually did get a gig earlier, but I got the flu at training. I was like, (laughs) 
Ross Lyon goes, do you reckon you can play on Dustin Martin? And I went, in my head, I thought, fuck me. Like, you're kidding me, are you? Yeah. First game, and he goes, you're going you're gonna to play on him. And I went, yeah, I can play on him. In my head, I'm thinking, I'm no chance, but I've just got to tell him what he wants to hear. That's it. And then I um, and then I had the flu. Like, I was bedridden. I come to train, and I, just called, I trained, but I was fucked. And he's like, mate, we're not going to risk it. You've got to rest up. And I went home. I had the shivers. I was out of, you know, out of action for two days, three days. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I missed that game. And I remember the boys had, like, a really big win in Melbourne at the G in the rain. That was the first opportunity to potentially play. And then, yeah, the last game of the year, I look back and kind of laugh because they say you've earned it, but you come into the squad and you, you get a, I mean, you get a lick of the sub, played a quarter and a bit. Very exciting. Um, very unique, though. And, and then out of the squad the next week. So a bit of a gimme, I think it was back in, but now that I reflect on it. But it was good to get a taste, you know, a little taste, especially before the end of the year. And it was a great experience, and we got the win. And um, yeah, again, they're, they're special moments. Yeah, that sub rule. Does yeah. it does it sort of deter away from the debut, or either just eyes beaming debut anyway? No, you don't know when you're going to come on. So it's like if I said to you right now, you, you're playing, you're just the sub. You 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 got you know you can't just sit. You're not just sitting there like yeah. in the green hermit vest, mate. You're not the the hermit ain't just sitting there like I'm fucking. You're literally like you're playing, but you're just on the bench. Yeah. Um. Yeah, when time goes, you're like, oh, I wouldn't mind getting on now. So when I come on at the end of the third quarter, you run around like a bit of a chook without a head or whatever it is. And yeah, it would have been nice to kick a goal. Mickey Barlow there, he kicked one just just to the wrong side of my body. So I couldn't mark it and would have had a set shot from about 35. And most people, when they when they have a set shot in their first game, the crowd goes wild. But one thing the crowd, one thing I'm lucky with is Freo's, Freo's supporters are amazing. And when you play your first game, they go bananas, even when you come on the ground, off the ground, or touch the footy. So every time, I think I had four or five touches, and, mate, the crowd were just like, you know, 35, 40,000 just screaming at your name. It's it's pretty cool when you think about it. So, yeah. so the debut was uh, it was special. We won, you know. Um, there's a lot of things that I loved about it. Family were flown over. It was a cool moment, mate. And, and I know that looking back, you want to play the whole game, but, geez, you just – you take what you're given. Absolutely. You take what you can get back then. So, yeah, happy days. Well, like you said, that's what you planned on doing and you got to that stage. Um, it's obviously a testament to yourself for working that hard to do it. But uh, moving on to 2013, sorry, obviously a massive season. Um, how, did you, how did you find that season and your spot in the team and yeah, basically how the season sort of panned out for you? Did you were you enjoying your time? Did you feel like you fit in? Yeah, definitely. Um, goals. I think how many games you, you know you've done the research. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think, played ten or eleven. Yeah, year. I think you played eleven. Yeah, so eleven in a premiership, not premiership team. Sorry, a grand final team. It's pretty special. I was yeah. only I was only twenty years old. I think I played in the um, qualifying final against you know as a sub, unfortunately, but still pretty cool. And I against Geelong down there, and that's one of the most special wins of all time. It's yeah, like he's touted not to win at all. Nah, and we 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 never thought we'd lose. That was the best part. The belief inside the group. Um, it's a funny thing, belief. Like we were so we were just we knew we'd win that game, and we knew we'd win most games of footy that year and the next few years. But uh, yeah, the eleven games and that that was when footy was fun, mate. I didn't give a fuck if I wasn't playing because we were good. 
And it's yeah. like you're not up to the standard because this guy's better, but you're on the right you're on the right track. No worries. So go back and work harder. It's when you're losing and there's a few politics, it becomes very difficult. Back then, that was the most enjoyable part. That was like I was, you know, being told you you're just not good enough, and you got to keep working harder to get a spot. You got Tendai Mazungu and Stephen Hills types on the wing. No worries. Daniel Pierce used to get a game in front of us. No worries. I'll I'll go back and work harder. So that was uh, that was a great year. Um, we we did some special things. We obviously yeah got to the grand final. I was in, I was the emergency for the grand final. So one thing that people on the outside probably don't realise is just because you're not playing, even if you played one game or eleven or twenty, the group's so tight, you know. And, yeah. and I was the emergency a lot of the time, so I was always travelling with the boys. I was always you know in the team meetings, the main meetings. So as much as I didn't play, I felt like I played. Normal. I felt like I was literally playing every week because I was always in the squad. It was like they yeah. knew what they're going to get. Tommy, you're in, you're out. I was just unlucky because I was that guy, that fringe guy. But um, but yeah, there's some special bonds in that group, and that was a good year to um to not only just play a few games, but most games I played, we won. So when you're winning, it's a, it's a very enjoyable. Culture. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. It's ruthless. It's feedbacks as high as it gets, but it's so enjoyable because it's all just to get better. Um, There'd be a buzz around the club sort of thing too, especially around grand final week and all that sort of thing. Like it's – Oh, mate. Yeah. I'll, I'll, so I was emergency against Sydney. Chris Main goes down. He's fucked his back. He's picking up Ryan Crowley from his joint and he's um he's jumped over the rails of the, the, the stairs. He just must have just jumped over him just trying to – get down the stairs quicker or it's being an idiot. And he's jarred his back like really bad to the point where like he, he was struggling to walk because he was like he'd done something to a rib or something. And there's all these murmurs before the game and I was the emergency in a prelim at home. I've come in, cruisy as I knew I wasn't playing because we had two weeks off. We'd already, we just, there was so much, you know, everyone had prepared so well. Everyone was fresh as a daisy. And... uh they called a meeting and said, "Tommy, you're probably going to play. So get you, you know, get ready." Manny's, I don't want. Ross called it. He's like, "I'm sick of all these chats. Everyone get the fuck in." Manny's hurt himself. He's probably not going to play. Tommy, you'll play. That's enough of that. Back on task. We know the job at hand. It's the prelim final. Everyone get ready to play your role. Are we clear? Bang, straight out. So I'm like, "Holy shit!" I was just chilling. You know what I mean? I was getting my cars rubbed, like just getting the boys up and about, whatever yeah. I do, having a yep. smile and laugh. And all of a sudden, I'm like, holy shit, I'm about to play in a prelim. And then got my kit ready and started doing a few grand balls and a few bumps and just trying to fire up. And then Maney must have, I don't know what that, yeah, he's just miraculous. Just He's just out of nowhere like, Jesus. Jesus has arrived, mate. He's, <laughs> he's good to go. I don't know what they jabbed him with, but nah, he must have had some painkillers or something. And he was all good. So I nearly played in the prelim. I remember Ross come up to me and goes, ah, oh, son, close but no cigar. You know what I mean? I'm like, fuck, but... Like that, that was, I was, couldn't believe. And that, that's a memory that I remember going back in the prelim. And then when the boys played Sydney, they they chopped up. They just, they, our game plan, you could see it in real life. You know, people talk about game plans, but the pressure and, and just the defense was ridiculous. And on turnover, we just scored. So, yeah, that after that game, because I didn't play, I was so fresh. We, we got in the car, me and Alex Silvani and um, Sean McManus, and someone else was in the car. And one of the whoever was driving drove us down the strip of Fremantle after it. And if you've ever been, you've been to Fremantle before? No, I haven't. The main strip was there's restaurants and bars and all that on the, you know, so it's just a you know, one way, it was actually not one way street. There's just this very lean kind of strip. And mate, there was people 
everywhere. Cars could only just get through. People were jumping on cars. And because we had the Frio kid on, they're like, the, the guy, I can't remember who was driving. They're like, literally, boys, just don't let them see us because <laughs> they're going to go fucking mad. It was like they'd already won the granny, you know. And it was just thousands and thousands of people going crazy because it was the first grand final they'd ever been in. And I'd never forget it because the boys that played wouldn't have seen this. We just rushed back and thought, oh, we might as well go have a look, see if Frio's hopping. And it was going off. And then it obviously went off the next week. We weren't there. We were in Melbourne. But, yeah, they're, they're the cool memories, mate. Like, obviously didn't play. But to be a part of all that, it's pretty special. Yeah, of course. And like you said, you're a part of the team. But to get told, like, an example, I spoke to Damien Cupido not long ago, if you remember Cupido. Oh, yeah. I saw he, him. What's he up to these days? He's kicking bags down playing for Gagari. He's uh, about to kick 100 goals. He kicked 13 last week. He's uh he's making moves. He's still he's like forty years old. He's big. I've big seen boy. a photo of the big fellow. He's not a big fella. <laughs> he would be there now. Yeah. So he's um yeah he's going well. But when I spoke to him for the grand final in two thousand and two, I think it was. I should remember it against Brizzy. Yeah. He was when he was at Brizzy. Mm. He um he was the first emergency, and he was told that he was playing, and then he got a call the next morning, and they were like, "Mate, you're not in." And he goes, I pretty much kicked the doors in on the hotel. He like couldn't believe it. And he said he took it he, he took it quite tough. And he said it took a bit of a mental toll on him. Like like I've said, you're an up and about bloke, but hearing that, you know, you're you're in, getting the cars rubbed up and about, does that take a bit of a toll on you? Or? Well, I was never in. That's the thing with the difference was. Yeah. So the, he he's he was obviously in and out. I was out, then nearly in and out. That was just the story of my life. I was in and out all the time. That's probably what takes the toll. Yeah, but no, nah, I, I wasn't expecting to play. You know, we won the qualifier. I think Michael Johnson comes. He's in the All Australian squad. All Australian. I can't remember. No one cares about individual awards anyway. But he comes back in, so one has to go out. I was the sub, the hermit, or the guy that gets red vest. I think Subs was was you know sub. So it's one of us two naturally, and then someone else is coming in. So I was out, and and I knew that was going to happen. So I was all, all good, but. Missing the grand final sucked, man. Like, like you, yeah, of course. There, there was a there was a couple of I think John did his calf, so he was fifty fifty. He played, but Alex Silvani was the one that was probably going to come in, so I knew that as well. When I was warming up, um, I was so young then as well. I didn't realize. I didn't. I didn't. You know, it probably didn't hurt. It hurt, but it wasn't like I was like, ah, oh, we'll just get here next year. You know, you don't yeah. realize. You don't realize the opportunity. Josh Dunkley's been on our podcast, and he said the same thing. He won it in his first year, and, and then he lost one last year, and he goes, "Fucking hell!" Like, there's just you just there's that much work that goes in. It's that rare to get an opportunity, let alone win one. Um, yeah, doing it young sometimes is you 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 probably don't realize how lucky you are. You know. Well, you played 81 games for Freo, so that's an achievement within itself. But obviously from 2012 to 2018, yeah, 81 games, 31 goals. I'm sure you can remember the goals. but I don't remember much, mate, I'll be honest. Just a bit of a blur. Just it how, is a bit of a blur, man, yeah. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, but your favourite game that you've played yourself that you've gone, you know, I've sort of – I've either made a statement here or it was just like, oh, I feel like I belong, whatever it could be, or it's like, it's, it's probably a hard one. No, it's not a hard I mean, they're all special. I, it's, it, as I said, I never really dominant. Like I've, I got a Brownlow vote. That's a, probably a claim to fame, but against Essendon, actually. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, the finals, being around the group, just, just being a part of a special group, it's just rare. You don't, like, I see teams now and 
you know, when they're just losing every week, I just feel sorry for them. You know what I mean? You know what's going on. I just on know that either. there's obviously not enough leadership in there and players aren't buying in or whatever. There's something not going on. And I've been there. Like we had the same team that went from minor premiers to to losing 10 straight the next year, just just changing a game plan, you know? And then like everyone started retiring and it's become a really hard place to be every day, you know, um, versus when you're winning and you're, just working so hard and everyone's throwing their body on the line and standards are through the roof and everything's just so much easier when you're, when you're winning. Uh, so I look back at those years when we were good. I think that game against Geelong was pretty cool to be a part of on reflection. Um, individually, fuck. It's a hard one, man. I've, I think kicked a few multiple goals. Yeah, watch, used to love watch the, the highlight. Right, right, I half back. I want to kick another another under again. Nah, it's, it, it, that's the thing. Like when you sub, or you get subbed off, your numbers are going to go through the floor, right? Yeah, exactly. And then I got pushed to half back. Just to, I could, there's no spots left, so I had to play half back, and ended up playing forty games straight at half back. That was when I kind of started playing consistently. So when I played wing, I used to kick one nearly every week. What was your favourite position to play? Wing though? was the best. I used to expose blokes on the wing. Well, you I, can run. I, so. can get behind, I used to be able to get behind blokes. So that's the thing. I reckon I am a really, really strong wingman and I could help a lot of wingmen because my defence was really good. I didn't get a 1,000 possessions, but I felt like when I did get them, it was always, you know, you'd be able to expose them at the, you know, get behind them and get forward and kick a goal on them while they're ball watching. And then on the other way, because you, cause you played a bit of half back as well, you knew how to defend – you wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want a big boy on me, but you could defend, and you could also, you know, there's mechanisms in place where you would roll down and take the defender's man, and he'd roll off, and then you get the half forward to your man, and you just you just play in all these little systems, so yeah. you know that happens on the spot. It's a lot of positioning and knowing where to be at the right times. Like the ball, if the ball's on the other side of the on the other wing, knowing where you need to be, and that's where you could probably expose them as well. Yeah, like. I was very dis. Like I'd probably, you know, you have your Brad Hill types that come over to Freo and he's just running around the ground like a lunatic, but he's getting 30 possessions and killing it up. And I'm like, well, I never really did that. I kind of stuck to my wing and made sure my man didn't get a touch and made sure that we were in good, you know, spots. Defensively, that's probably the Ross line because he set us up so well. Um, defensively, I was too scared not to be in the right spot. But, yeah, the wing, the wing is a very uh, important role and it's a role that plays a lot of cover. So you're kind of protecting add a layer of your defense and also being able to attack at the right time and manipulating, you know, when you, depending on ground position, um, you are really dictating terms. It's a, yeah. it's a really fun position when you, you know, oh, we're in the forward half here and I've got a license to just creep out the front and your man's not even looking. It's like happy days, you know? Yeah, that's it. So, yeah. And of course, mate, when we're winning, you're going to kick a few more goals because you're on the end of a few more forward 50 entries. So, yeah, that, into, to answer your question, my most complete game was probably against Essendon when I did get a Brownlow vote, but we were playing a team that was going through the Asada stuff and they had a few top-ups. I think Ryan Crowley was running around in the, in the Don's jersey. So, yeah, that was, a, that was a game that I got on the end of it a bit. They obviously have gone from, like you said, minor premiers, grand final to a rebuild. And I think you spoke about it. might have been with Jezza Cameron last week or whenever it was that it aired about how they didn't uh, – they moved on to bringing younger blokes in and you're sort of going, well, I'm still good enough to be in this team. What does that mean for me? And that's probably where you're talking about it. It's like it can be a shit environment because you're going, I'm worthy of playing now. You've gone from 
I'm happy to be a part of it and around it to go and like I should be getting a gamey. So what was what was then your thoughts like I've got to I've got to move somewhere else. I'm not going to be getting a game. What was going through your head at that stage? Well, I got I got delisted, so I, I started they shafted me, which I still think they did. They shouldn't have got rid of so many blokes. Matt DeBoer, look at him. He just re- he just retired yesterday. It was why, a mass exodus sort of thing, wasn't it? Why would you get rid of him? Just You just tell me why you'd get rid of him. Uh, no one would answer that. And then you get Alex Silvani. Why would you get rid of him? Yeah. Tenai Mazungu's best mates with Matty and, and you know, good mates with all the group. Height, run, standards through the roof, runs recovery. You know, why are you getting rid of him? Mick Barlow, Chris Main, Aaron Sandland's still there. P- Pav's still there. You know, McFarlane retired. All the core are still there, but all the backboners were just all gone. So you lost all your leadership. And then I was the next level down. You know, me, Cam Sutcliffe, and a few others. And Lockie Neal gets traded. Hayden Crozier gets traded. So you lose, like, you lose pretty much half the group. The group that's taken the club to finals back to back to back. And it was all off the back of when you lose, the club's under pressure. You know, the coach is under pressure. The CEO's under pressure. The list, everyone's under pressure. The GM. So they, you know, they come out with this four-year plan. You know, I look at I, I like the the best way to look at it is if you hear four-year plan, get the fuck out of there because yeah. that's a rebuild and you don't want to be a part of that. You know, but why can't you do it like Sydney? Why can't you do it like Geelong? They don't seem to do four-year rebuilds. They just re they just they just win every year. You know, look at Geelong now. Oh, they're too old last year. Well, they're you're going alright. They're sitting at the top of the ladder. So I I I. Yeah, I, I'm still flat that they went with that. And every single person that made that four-year plan, it's not even there anymore, yeah. you know? So when that's why I always say, why shaft blokes? Like why – not only when I, when I say shaft, I'm like, when you get rid of a person, do it, do it with a bit of class. Don't do it with, you know, oh, well, it's a business decision. The funny thing is you're not going to – no one's going to be there in five years. I mean, I've seen so many guys, they're ruthless, they, you know – they cut you, they whatever. It's like all oh, good. It's it's happy days. Give me a call. Let's have a beer, whatever. But there's no need to be ruthless about it, is my opinion. And the the people that running, you know, management, they're not even there anymore. So like that's why when you're talking clubs and businesses, like what are they these days? You know, and I know they're all trying to get everyone back. Um, Freo's led by some great people now, but. Um, yeah, they just got they just fucked it up. They got too many people out of the door too quickly, and you know you just can't get rid of good people that drive standards internally. Just because they're not the skipper in the media, there's like you'd know with whatever you're doing, whether you're playing footy or you're at work, that you know there's certain people that you just can't lose. You just got to keep them there. And yeah, I use Matty DeBoer and even Sam Collins from Gold Coast. They're some good examples of the boys were just just couldn't believe why they weren't still there. You know, and there was no, and their actions, you know, you, t- you talk about actions because I'm very passionate about, I don't give a fuck about myself, you know, like I do, but whatever happens here, what, you know, when I say don't give a fuck about myself, I do, but I love supporting the, bro- like, you know, your brothers, the boys you go on a war with. Yeah. When I saw Matt DeBoer leaving and having 40 possessions in the seconds, we were just like, what do you say to him when he's walking around the change rooms and you're playing? You, you can't even look at him because you're like, I don't even know what to say. It's you know, yeah. Sam Collins is winning a BNF at a Peel Thunder. We go out and win a flag. He gets delisted. What do you say? He, he, he goes out now. He's now he's just now he's in the leadership group at the Suns. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it'll be five years on. Like it, it just baffled a few people. And when you lose so many of those guys, that was when it was like, geez. 
you're playing we're playing catch up here and and then that's when it becomes tough so where so where did you see yourself throughout all of this as well like like you said, you've got all these blokes moving. Like Mickey Bowler's another one. He's going to Gold Coast and then he's not getting a gig there as well. Yeah, well, I was, in, I was a bit stiff in terms of they had Ed Langdon and Brad, um, Brad Hill come to the club. Yep. So Ed's come off a half forward flank. He's playing wing, does it better than anyone. Brad Hill, same thing. But they both left a year after they got rid of me. And I was like, I'm a loyal guy. I don't want to go anywhere. Um, are they better than me? Well, they, they thought so. Happy days. You know, that, that's fine. But Lockie... Waller was playing half back, so I couldn't get a gear at half back because he took my spot while I was trying to play midfield and couldn't crack it. So then, so then you know he leaves as well. There's just a lot of timing things. A lot of it's timing. I was only 25 or six, um, but again, you know, you, you look back and you, you, it all happens for a reason. Like I, I'm, I get delisted. I get picked up straight away to the Giants. Like fucking one of the best clubs I've ever been a part of, ever. Didn't play. I played two games. I did the worst injury to my leg, my calf. Went to a granny. Met some amazing people. Club was run. Like the the whole thing was about family. I I was there for two years. One year of COVID. Like you go from being just heartache to just you know what I thought was just I got squeezed out, and quite ruthlessly as well. Yeah. You know, in terms of I'm a people person. Let me say goodbye. I didn't get to say goodbye to anyone. You know, all my bags were packed by me, mate. You know, me housemates. I was in Melbourne. So it ended really average for me because I'm an emotional guy that loves people and loves to give back. So I couldn't even say goodbye to all the people I'd spent seven years with. And then to go to a club a week later and be embraced and, and, and then get into, their, you know, get into their campaign and be a part of what was a premiership almost, they got to a grand final. You know, that, you look back and you go, they're just sliding door moments and you're like, well, it, it all happens for a reason. So yeah, you get a bit bitter and you go, oh, you can, you can, you can get bitter. Oh, I should be playing still, which you, th- which I definitely think I could be. But geez, everything happens for a reason, and I just, I'm so grateful that it happened the way it did. On reflection, even though at the time, at the time I felt yeah. like, oh, I can't believe it. Why me? Poor me. But now it's like, you know, to meet so many new people, but amazing people, um, and to move to a new city. Yeah, it, that's the best part about footy—the relationships and to, to you know to play at two clubs. I was a you know I'm a loyal man. I would never leave a club, but yeah, I was forced to. And yeah, to to play at you know the Giants as well was was really enjoyable. Sounds like you got the passion in your voice still. So if clubs are listening out there, you could no 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 my days are done, mate. From there, from the Giants, did. Obviously, the same thing come to the COVID year and it sort of finished there. Were you sort of at ease with leaving there at the Giants or were you still going, I've got something to give here? I still thought I had something to give, but my second, my first year did the calf tendon, one of the worst things. I made doing a calf tendon like fucking hell. I couldn't believe it. It was the most, it drove me insane. It wasn't like I'm out for four weeks. It was like I'm out for... Who the fuck knows? Every week I'd rock up and like, nah, can't do this. Oh, back to square one. Oh, nicked it again. Back. It was so hard. And that was that was hard. And then I was like, I went off season and then into preseason and started well and then nicked it again. And then I had to do a 12-week calf program. And then they're like, if we do the 12, 12-week calf program after Christmas, this will give us the best chance to play the whole year. Because if you don't do this, and you might nick it in round 10. I said, are you sure? You know, back them in. So then 
I did that, worked my ass off doing all this stupid calf stuff and not stupid, I should reframe. A lot of strength and conditioning in the calf, like, you know, 180 kilos, bent knee, calf raise, single leg, you know, like just yeah. holds and all this weird stuff just to get some load into the calf. So I've got tiny legs. Whilst trying to ramp up running and if I couldn't run, I'd be doing assault bikes and just braining myself, you know, to get my cardio up. And then as the 12-week hit, guess what happened? Ping. No, industry shutdowns. So I've come out of my training program ready to go. AFL shut down COVID. So another 12 weeks in the sideline. So I was losing my mind by that point in terms of like, what the fuck? This is, this is becoming ridiculous. I've been in rehab for a little calf for so long. And that was when I started to, I reckon started to lose my head a bit, you know. I was like, this is becoming ridiculous. Like I was just starting to just go, well, this is hard work, you know. And when I say lose my head, just – I was losing a bit of confidence as well in my body. I just was scared I was going to run out and just nick it. or And that was it, you know. I've only got 12, what is that, a year to go on my contract. They've, draw, they've brought me here because I'm durable and run all day and play any position really. And I can't even get on the park. So that was just, it was just so much frustration. And, um, yeah, I lost a little bit of confidence in my body. So when I'd go out and train, I probably wasn't all there. I was thinking about my calf more than the game. And, but ended up getting back and playing a few and, and whatnot, but the COVID, when we're in hubs and that, and you're playing 14 v 14, and you're trying to get a game, and, and I ended up nicking, nicking a couple of hammies just because of the nature of the speed of the game when they're not 18 v 18, and you're playing a quick short turnaround just to get some match fitness in. So yeah, it's become really frustrating by the end with my body. Um, but in saying that, that's why I say like it's such a great club. Like I, I, my, my body, yeah, frustrating, but environment, I used to love it. So. In your time in the AFL, who were probably the best blokes that you met in footy? Oh, at- fuck. There's too many. Um, you got still, like, who would be your closest mates probably even still that you've, you've- – Oh, like at Freo, like I keep in contact with, like, I mean, Matt, Matt Tabernard, Griffin Logue and Alex Pierce, the guys that I, I travelled, you know, travelled the world with, and you know. But, yeah, like my draft year, obviously Lockie Neal, Cam Sutcliffe, Hayden Crozier, Hayden Sloyce, like we're in a WhatsApp – Alex Forster, we're in a WhatsApp group. Together, you know, they're special. It's a special group that you, you come to the ranks. But, mate, I, I couldn't pinpoint. Like, I've lived with <laughs> I've lived with so many people. I know the Giants. I live with Toby Green. We're really close. He's helped me so much. You know, he fast-tracked my Sydney. He gave me a tour of Sydney and, you know, what a year. I already got 10 years' worth. Like, he's just the, he's the man and what you see on the field is not what you get. He's a superstar. And, it, it, like, blokes like, you know, when you say good blokes, like Matt DeBoer, who just, I mean, I guess he's fresh in the mind, but he's an amazing person and he's a hard worker, solution-based thinker. You know, if you've got a problem, he'll solve it. He'll help you. Um, not only is he intelligent, but he's, he's ridiculously um, hardworking. He's, you know, you, you look at his career, he's, he's earned every single, every single game, but he's developed him. He's developed himself off the field and done some amazing things, and he he's one of those guys that you can you can count on when you need him. But there's a lot of those guys, so to pinpoint one would be very tough. Um, yeah, there's too many good blokes, mate. So footy trips, let's get to the good stuff now. Um, you you're obviously a man that's travelled a lot. You've been to America a fair bit. Um, did you go to America for footy trips or was it mainly just for really your did. own sort of tour sort of thing? 
I didn't really do any footy trips um, when I was going through, which is disappointing. Yeah. I think they sort of – do they sort of put an end to it? They did, mate. And it was more like if you went on them and then you got caught, you're just going to cop it when you get back. So yeah. it wasn't really a footy trip. Well, as I said, Freo was pretty strict. Um, we, we'd just have groups of guys that would go, you know, go away. So I've been to America four or five times in Europe once. Yeah, I used to go away a fair bit, probably uh, – <laughs> Really couldn't wait for off season to be honest. Not that you just wanted to get out, of, you know, get out of Australia and just go let your hair down a little bit. But yeah, footy trips, mate. Like I know, I know they're they're actually picking them back up these days. We used to always try plan them, and but you're better off just just grabbing, going on your own, grabbing your mates, and just going straight to where you want. It's much easier logistically anyway. Favorite place that you've been? Oh, mate, you can't go past Los Angeles if you do it properly. New York, um, but we we did. We did the South, like I said, we went to Nashville to see Dex play and Austin and um, and Alabama. We went and watched yeah, Alabama right. play college footy and that was pretty fun. We were younger then, so like all the college parties were on and all that stuff. So, yeah, look back on those memories, mate. They're pretty they're, – we always – when we get together and have a beer, it's always good fun just talking shit. I've forgotten most of the stories and that one of the boys will bring up something and you just start laughing. But, yeah, Europe was good. Barcelona is a great spot. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed Barcelona. I reckon that'd be the hottest spot for me in Europe. Very good. Um, before I get into some funnies, uh, I just want to talk about, obviously, you've, you've got your own podcast, Oz American Aces, out there. So for anyone that's listening, it's probably going to be your listeners anyway, but um, go go and check it out because I like what you've done in this terms of the Tommy Talks. You're sitting there and you, you have this sort of conversation, sort of like we are now, but you've also added the element of the Aces in business to it. Um, what was the idea behind your own podcast and sort of the direction that it's sort of going in and why it's got to there? Yeah, it's, thanks, mate. It's a good question. Um, the Oz American Aces is, is a digital sports club. So what I'm trying to create is a platform for people that are out there that want to you know, listen and learn and understand what the elite kind of do on all different levels. So – if it's sport, what they actually are like. I don't sit there and ask them, how do you kick a footy? I don't sit there and ask them about their stats. I sit there and say, what have you been up to, mate? I try and humanise them for the people because I've had so many messages. Zaraf is a perfect example, the boxer. People hate him because they see this story about how he pulled out of a fight because the media has pushed an angle. Get him on a podcast, listen to his story. They all love him. So humanizing the athlete first, getting people to understand the person, um, having a relationship with them prior is easier, but if they don't, it's probably more of an interview because you get to understand their story and what makes them tick. Uh, that's the athlete side. Then the business side is athletes in business or just, you know, when I call aces, someone that's really good at something. The CEOs, founders, how they started it, where the idea come from. How do you, what's your best advice? How do you help, you know, everyone listening, watching myself included so that we can just keep learning and listening and, you know, exposing ourselves to these elite humans that have been there before. And there's a common theme with most of them with hard work and dedication and, um, and the rest of it. And then there's a new one I'm about to drop, which I can tell you now, but uh, we're about to drop the nutrition podcast as well. So my old nutritionist, um, at the Giants, Jessica Spenlove, she's an absolute superstar. She's one of the best in the, in the business. 
we're going to do a podcast about nutrition, just 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 basic nutrition, but questions we want answered. You know, we all know we need to eat, you know, meat and veg, and um, and you know, some greens and the fruit, and you know, all the all the healthy stuff, right? Yeah. But just breaking it down a little bit further, and just talking about things that we're, we're interested in, and I find that interesting. And being an, an elite athlete. I've been exposed to all this stuff and I know that there's an appetite there because when I talk to my friends about that, they just chew it up. Oh, mate, can you send me that? Can you do that? Can I get a preseason program? So we're trying to – what I'm trying to do is – Tommy Talks is probably getting the most legs at the moment because I've done more podcasts and, you know, the higher the profile the guests are, the more people listen. But we're trying to literally create a digital sports club. So if you go for the Bombers, you probably subscribe to the Bombers. You probably got a membership to the Bombers. Well, I want you to visualize yourself having a membership to the Aces where you're exposed to one club, no competing partners. We're all just there to get better. We're all there to have a, you know, have a laugh at the right time, all there to learn and, uh, and feel a little bit more inspired when you're working, you know, your nine to five or you're, you're doing your side hustle and no one can see how hard you're working and you pick up a little, little clue from one of these entrepreneurs and go, fuck, I might apply that to my business. So that's, that's kind of like what we're doing at the Oz American Aces and, um, yeah, it's, it's hard work, but we're slowly getting there, I think. I reckon uh, one of the greatest things about that is the dehumanising of it because when you get to hear it from these other people, you're like, they are just like me. Yes, they've made like the hard sacrifices and you want to find out the intel how to do it, but when you sit down and chat to them and just have this regular conversation like me and you are now, you're like uh, any other person. So anyone can do it. And um, for you to sort of talk through with these people, like I've listened to a couple of your podcasts with, is it James Hatcham? Is that his name? Yep. And I listened to that podcast and I'm like, at the start, I'm like, how's this bloke done all this sort of hard work? And you could just tell that he just worked so hard on all the stuff that he'd done and how to get there. And like you said, those little clues that you can sort of give away, it's like it's not that unattainable to get there if you just put in the hard work. So, yeah, I just – I just want to say that I, I absolutely love your podcast. Thanks, and I man. Think, appreciate it. I think that it's going in a great direction and you've obviously thought it through and have a bit of a game plan for what you want to do with it. So, yeah, no, very good work. Um, no, thanks, mate. And that's the thing. Like it's it's people listening to this podcast right now um, will be, you know, a lot of people want to – the reason they listen is because they want to – they're interested, right? Yeah. So they might be interested in right now. They might be listening and going, oh, I wonder what – Tommy actually fucking talking about what's he what's his story like right but the best part about when you're interviewing other people and you're interested you know that you're asking questions on behalf of the community and if you can ask the right questions and they can give you the answers it's just gold and I've I don't think I've had a podcast yet where someone's come off and like they've just thoroughly enjoyed the chat and they've actually probably opened up and it's almost like when you go see a psychologist everyone thinks you know that they're cleansing. You get a little, a lot off your chest. You get to tell people. You know, even today, I don't really talk about my footy. I, I honestly haven't even thought about it. Even when I was driving in today, I hadn't have thought about it. But it is, it, it is cool to talk about it. You know, you're probably more proud of it when you good to reflect on it. Yeah, it's good to reflect. Like I don't talk about it that much. I don't really. I've moved on essentially. Uh, that's what I was saying. Like I've moved past that. I have got my my mindsets on other things now. Yep. Um, you don't lose your footy IQ. You don't lose your friendships and all that. But yeah, when you move past it, it's sometimes when you dive back in, it is cool to just talk about a few funny stories and a few memories and whatnot. But, yeah, I just love the fact that when you're interviewing someone, you can ask them cool questions 
you can learn a lot yourself and then everyone listening gets a lot out of it and that's the best part mate you're trying to help people it's it's uh the one thing that's frustrating with the podcast is it's a bit of a one-way street you know you want the two-way interaction so when you're getting comments and feedback and people are dming like hey mate really like that i fucking love it you know it's like yeah shape the show shape the shape the club what do you want you know what else do you want so when we put a question up i love it when people write in yeah because then you can ask the questions they want that's what it's about it's not about you it's about them so yeah you're spot on mate. and again every if, if anything was easy we'd all be doing it right so anyone out there that's killing it you always got to go what's he done to get there a battery just says a lot of hard work dedication and commitment every single time yeah, and it's funny like that you mentioned that like it's it's also just like where you, where where you want to start from just just pick it up and start going like when we first started doing this we had like this little mixer it was about this big it was that shit from JB Hi-Fi it was no, it was no good and anyway we couldn't get it to connect we were like let's just do it on the phone let's start on the phone had the phone sitting up like this as we're yeah. at the moment we're talking around everyone's like this podcast is not too bad I'm like mate that's sort of the iPhone at this stage and like, we had no idea but. Obviously, as time goes on, you sort of grow and grow and you're going to learn stuff along the way. Like, I've still got so much to learn as well. I'm sure you do. Oh, man, I well am. I am. On. I've got no idea what I'm doing. Like, I, I, yeah. as much, I've got no idea. What you're doing right now, I've got no idea. How long, I must say, I like to ask too, you know, sometimes you forget, mate. You, you're the host. Let's just, let me go back to you. How long have you been doing this for? So, I've been doing this for probably about six months now. I started- Beautiful. I started the Sports Confidential page about a year or a year and a bit ago. Yep. And it's basically just around I, I love me sports and it's you want you, you want to get an insight as well. So, like, I'll be calling this episode SC Insight into Tommy Sheridan. Get a bit of an insight into sort of what makes you tick as well. And like you said, it's sort of get people to understand that you're human as well. You know, yes, you've played AFL. You've had a great career for what you've done, but – like like you said, you can pick up that little bits of information from it. And um, for me as well, I, I'd love to dive into other sports and, you know, get some news and stories out there because the media these days, I, I, you watch the news, you turn on the news at 6 o'clock and it's, oh, this has happened today, this has happened. It's all negative. I, wa- I want to hear some positive stories about people's careers and that's where I'm reviewing your sort of thing on your career. And if you hear those sort of positive things, it's like, you know, there is some good stuff out there. A lot of the media stuff that you see now, it's, oh, this bloke's hit this bloke high on a tackle, like Patrick Cripps, example, this week. It's all over the media. That's all you hear about it. It's not let's hear about who played a great game last weekend. I feel like that gets lost. Yeah, 100%. I think the wheels are turning, though. I, I must say a lot of people are seeing through all the bullshit, as I like to call it, and, and the reason is you just got to be you've got to educate yourself on the system. You know, the negative story, people tune tune in and then they get more advertising in and um, off they go. So I think you'll see more talent are keen to, to do the positive stuff as well. You know, when I say talent, I mean anyone that you interview, they're probably more interested in yeah. in, uh, in talking a bit of shit and shedding a bit of light on fun and enjoyable topics than, uh, than talking about, you know, the negative, like you said. And, and, you're, and you're right, mate, like giving insights into – people's lives of what people find interesting aren't they? they they know their stats they just don't know what they're like yeah and that's it so like we do this podcast probably and we'll be releasing them sort of once every fortnight yep and then uh once a week we sort of do like a basically around the world on sports and what's happening just sort of like that positive flick on sports have a bit of a laugh about it do a quiz at the end 
all that sort of fun stuff. When you it? say we, are you doing it with anyone else? Is it? Yeah, so I've got a couple of me mates. Um, yeah, give him a shout out. Who are you? Yeah, Liam Thorne, he's on there. Ben Hicks, Cody Vincitorio, Bronson Duker, Riley Shannon, and Corey Hickford. So all the boys come on? Yeah, so we do a bit of a rotating thing throughout yep. it. I sort of call myself the CEO. But, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, love but, that. Um, yeah, basically what we do is we'll rotate around of a messenger who's on this week who's who, available yeah who wants to talk sports who's got anything oh, you know i watched the olympics this week i'll talk a bit about that yeah great. i'll cover the nba you know um i watch a bit of apl as well some of the boys love the nfl i've been getting into it more now so yeah i wanted to get some tips on you for that but yeah so it's just like what's happening in the sporting world this week from a, like a positive point right. of view have a bit of a laugh and I'll, like i'll put i'll put some posts out there and like you know who do you like to think we should win the Brownlow this week? Just a bit of fun like that. Yeah, along it's the brilliant, way. Man. And the lads love it? Yeah, the boys love it. Give like, me a three, two, one. The boys will love this question. Who's the, Who's been performing the best the last month? Let's not go overall. Just the last month. A bit of feedback for the lads listening. Yeah, that's uh, a great question. Um, straight off the bat, I'm, I'm happy to burn bridges. Uh, I'll go three votes. We'll go to Ben Hicks. He's actually given me his laptop today. Uh, I'm a bloke that likes to butcher a bit along the way and um, – wasn't until last night I've gone, mate, I'm going to need your laptop. Mine's in a bit of strife here. So he stepped up to the plate. I'll give him that. Uh, two I'll give to Corey. Uh, Corey helps out with the podcast a fair bit. He puts a few posts up here and there and chips away at it. And I was going to give one to Liam, but he's bailed on me for the corporate box tomorrow. And I'm, oh, he reckons he's crook, but it's, it's typical of him to pull out. The corporate box, mate, Giants v Dogs, nothing to play for, no reason why not just to go there and drink a heap of piss. Yeah, that's free You, you get in two hours before, it's basically... Where's he live? Back the truck up. Oh, don't even worry about it. He lives in New America, mate. But America, speaking yeah, of yeah. New America... New America? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I know what you're going with. Hang on, before you go to New America, give me, the, give, me, give me the vote that needs to lift. Who's the bloke on the bottom of the barrel right now? You've named three. There's a few more down there. Bronson, Bronson Duker, mate. Uh, so he's he's helped start the podcast. He originally started his house. You know, he's he's all on board. He's moved up to Cairns, right? And I said, you know, fair enough. Move away from it. But comes to the time where he's like, oh, I'm working his job as a chef. I'm sick of it. You know, let's really push SC out there. Let's, let's make it become a thing. You know, I, I want to be a part of it. And I'm like, mate. That's what I've been trying to do from the start, you know. Let's, you know, let's lift this baby off the ground. Let's get it up and about. Let's get it started. And then he just goes missing when it counts. I'm like, mate, you, sh- you know, you want to put up a couple of posts? You want to edit the podcast this week? And, oh, no, nah, that's right, mate. He reckons he's in on it, but I don't know if he is. Oh, man, they always say back action over uh, over talk. So we'll give him some feedback. He might first, he might respond. They just need some constructive feedback. And they, uh, you never know, mate, it might spark something inside them. Yeah, that's it, mate. Just the old uh, say yes and figure out how to do it later on. That's what I've sort of <laughs> I've come to. So. Oh, that's brilliant. Well done. Love that. That's good. Good crew there. Good numbers. Yeah, it is good numbers. You um, good people in your corner. Yeah, it is good. And like a lot of them, are, you know, they'll just chime in here and there and it sort of helps because a lot of us obviously are working and stuff and we'll do yeah. it after work. It's good to have a few beers. And oh, it's like we, fun, we talk about sports in our inbox anyway, you know, talking about fantasies and all oh, that sort of stuff. Mate, there's so much going on at the moment. Where do you start? We just did one about live golf yesterday. We're talking and, you know, NFL's on the rise. Um, NBA, there's still a little bit of murmurs around there. You know, you got all these blokes playing in the in the you know in the leagues out in the streets at the moment, and AFL finals are popping up, and who knows, cricket will start soon. You just yeah. you can't go. Oh, the Olympic, or the Olympic Commonwealth Games just finished. There's yeah. always something to talk about in sport. That's why I love sport so much. There's always some 
And yeah. I know we don't like the negative, but sometimes there are some, you know, some real. There's a lot of drama in sport, and and yeah, it's yeah. not negative, but it's good to just. Which side are you guys on? What do you think is yeah. going to happen? And and that's what we break it down to as yeah. well. Like it's a it's a healthy conversation. Yeah. Like we'll have like disagreements. Like, do you think this bloke's better or whatnot? Like one of the blokes was telling me last night. He goes, "Bro, Bo McCreary is the toughest bloke in the AFL." He goes hard. He goes hard, but I went toughest bloke in the AFL, and it's I did, a big call, and I just rattled off my names, and he's like, "Yeah, no, fair enough." Yours. So I had Callum Ward's up there. Wardy, yeah, he's yeah, tough as nails. Ben Keys, I think he's had a tough season. Yeah. Just blokes like that, and I was just rattling them off. I said, "Sit in your box, mate." But clear is a um, he's a very hard, tough player. Don't I'll be honest, he, he's the reason. Them, he's them type of players are the reason why Collingwood is so good. Yeah, people. But this is probably some education for the listeners, right? You see your Pendlebury's, you see your steel side bottom, you see the guys that kick goals, you know, like Ginevan and all that. But Bo McCleary, he plays the high half forward role. So when you're watching the game, watch how Hardest fucked position he is. To play. But watch how fucked he is. He goes so hard at the back of the stoppage to tackle. Yeah. He spreads so hard back inside 50 to crumb to tackle again. And because he's so good at his role, the ball stays in the 50 and it also they get the ball back really quickly. And yeah, I was actually chatting about him and a few other. They're the guys that when we were good, you Chris Mayne, you Matt DeBoers, they play that role and no one would notice, you know. No yeah. one would realise, but they're the guys that keep it together. They're the guys that make everyone look so good, you know. Um, so it's funny that you mate mentioned him. He's onto something there. I mean, yeah. it's, it always hurts when you come out with the toughest because it's like, well, you could sit there all day and go through. Yeah, it. exactly. That's it's an unmeasurable thing to a degree. A good answer. Yeah. Oh, it's that's a lot of it just flies through the inbox. It's uh, actually quite ridiculous. But can't let you escape on this one because the New America Golf Club, um, bit of a joker poker. Do you mind indulging on that story and uh, around how those festivities happen around that? Yeah. So we have a family Christmas. Uh, Christmas. We have um, a Sheridan's Golf Day. I think we might be going back there. And uh, I haven't been able to go to many because of playing at uh, Fremantle and, and Giants. So, and they're always in November or whatever when we're at preseason. So, yep, fresh off the uh, retirement, mate, down in America. And uh, fancy myself as a, actually, I don't fancy myself as a golfer. I, I'm getting better now. What do you play I, off? I'm 21, but I've, I should be 16. I've only just got the handicap. I'll play a bit, actually. I, I've literally only just got the handicap. Yep. Played. Uh, <laughs> Went to Royal Melbourne as a guest of the week with 29 and won the comp with the handicap. Oh. <laughs> a bit of a bandit, but I had to hand the last three scorecards in, so they were just high scores, you know. Um, anyway, I went to Namurka with the family, and I just come off. I was the Sheridan champ the year before. We played RACV at Torquay there, and I think they just gave it to me just to get – I don't know. They, I, I shouldn't have won it. My handicap must have been off, off the charts. <laughs> So being the reigning champ, there's a bit of chirp and I've gone out in America and the night before we've, I don't know how many beers you can consume, but there's a lot of oldies and there's a lot of Sheridans, um, put it frankly, like my pop, a lot of them aren't here anymore, but there's like 10 or 11 of them and all their kids and whatnot. So yeah, right, it's me old man and they're all cousins. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Sheridans, right? So I go down in America and um, <laughs> yeah, the night before they've got the raffle or whatever it is, the Joker. What's yeah. it called? The, yeah. Uh, Joker poker, I think. Joker it is. poker or whatever it is. And what I knew was when we were drinking beers, you just had to put your, you get these red cards and you put your name on them and you put them in the barrel. And because we were drinking so much piss, everyone kept throwing me because I was one of the youngest guys there, throwing me all these cards and I had the pen. So I was just sitting there writing my name on all of them. 
And I had another cousin whose name's Tommy, and he was doing the same thing. But I like what happened was I was writing like Tommy Sheridan, and then I started just writing Tom dot S on them because I just couldn't be fucked. I was right. There's literally that many tickets. Yeah. I'm like, if I don't get drawn out tonight, I'll tell you what. There's something wrong with this joint. We've drank literally couldn't have drunk any more beers, right? And got any more of these red cards. So I was throwing it in, and then the pot's at like eight hundred and eighty dollars or whatever it was, and um, it rarely get it rarely goes off. We sit down and we're having dinner and I just remember I went to my old man. I go, man, if they pull my name out, I'm going that card on the middle left. I've just got my eyes on it. I reckon that's the joker. And he's going, you're a fucking peanut, mate. And we get, you know, talking shit. And before you know it, they go, right, oh, and they get the microphone and here we go. We're going to do the draw. It's Friday night. And they pull out Tom.S and everyone's carrying on. And so I'm, I'm going, woo, like I get to, I get a chance here. But so is so is my second cousin, Tommy. So he, he gets up and he goes, man, I wrote on that card. I go, no, I fucking wrote on it. I swear it was me, mate. And he goes, nah. And then, so we had to rock off. So I've had to, this is, this is the chances, right? I've had to rock off with him to see who gets to pick the card. And there's already half the cards on the deck on the wall have already been shown. It's been shown. So there's still half of them there. And uh, I've beaten him. But when I beat him, now you can only Im- imagine, you know, 50 grown men. Yeah, and no, don't no. fuck this up, mate. Because yeah, they, yeah. they reckon I've burnt him, you know. I said, no, I guarantee you. So they go, well, whatever, mate. Just make sure you pick the right card. And sure enough, I've gone up there and, mate, the chance, I think there was, a, you know what, there was probably only like eight cards that had been flipped. It was like a fresh deck. That's why the pot wasn't that big. And I just went up there and picked the card that I told me, old man, I go, I just fucking love that card on the left. And I'm going to pick it. It's like mid-pack. I think it was number 11. I love number 11. I just and one, you know, count down. I go, I'm, yeah. I'm grabbing that one, mate. And I'll just never forget, he goes, it's going to be a good night for the Sheridans tonight. He's got the Joker. And then, like, <laughs> I thought he was taking the piss and he showed me the Joker and I just took my shirt off. And in the America, buddy, you know, there's all oldies everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Really disrespectful. I've got my shirt. I've whipped it around like Kevin Sheedy style, mate. Like I'm rolling it around the head and carrying on. Oh, mate, I was pretty pissed at that stage as well. Palette full of piss. Oh, palette. And then we just part, like we obviously just drank all night. We had to play golf the next morning. Blokes were fucking struggling. Um, but, yeah, man, it was a great weekend. I think we put it all on a few quarties and gave it back to them in the end, but spent it on the bar. But, yeah, mate, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty – they're little moments. Like, it's like the stuff that happens in a locker room at a footy club. And when you're not in a footy club anymore, it's – you just cherish those little moments. So Absolutely. the Joker at Namurka is a bit of a highlight. Don't worry about my AFL highlights. So yeah. I reckon the Joker at Namurka is right up there. Yeah, it's a nice little win there. You ever won one? Nah, not a Joker in the poke. Not a Joker poker I haven't. I've been involved in one? Have you yeah, had a selection? I've, I've been involved in them, nah. But what I've done it at clubs and what they do is um, whatever you draw out on the board, so you draw out six, yep. you'll get six stubbies and you'll get to take six stubbies home. So that's sort of – Draw you'll get from there, but now next year, so I'll have to bring it back. Bring it back, mate. Bring it back. Build the pot. Um, just to finish off with as well, we've also got Ricks as well. Um, just a quick sort of rundown on how that started. Um, are you still interested in pursuing it further? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, thanks, mate. Um, well, Ricks is like the baby, so I started Ricks eyewear in my oh, well, we're nearly six years old now, so. Talk about hard work. Fucking hell. My career started going downhill when I started this thing because I was working two jobs. Started a sunglass brand, business partner, Colin Rogers, who's based in Perth. Um, he's got a bit of an accounting background, more of your operations, probably the opposite of me. Um, he's quiet. I'm loud. 
I feel like I'm more creative and more your sales type guy. I love the network, love the growth of the business. Uh, a bit of a perfectionist. You probably need that balance though as well. Perfect balance, mate. Without him, we'd be nowhere. Um, so he he runs the business. He's he's like doing. He's pretty much running the whole thing at the moment. I'm out here to grow it. And we essentially started talk about starting and fucking it up. Jesus. We just started, we just thought there was no one in Australia with a sunglass brand with quality stuff. Just, you know, when I say stuff, you, you can get into it, the acetate, the lenses, the hinges, you know, you name it, right? Yeah. At a good price, just to put just to put it nicely, right? So you got your I won't name them, I don't want to put any but there's there's brands that are two hundred and seventy bucks and they're dog shit, right? Yeah. I, I know they're manufacturers. And then you've got brands that are forty nine, sixty nine bucks, whatever, their lenses aren't really like you're not you're not getting the best pair of sunnies. Now the whole purpose of a, like a pair of sunnies is to protect your eyes. Yeah. But we went we went fashion. We're like, well, protect your eyes. You might as well look good. Good while you're doing and it. And we want to be, you know, our whole thing's anywhere eyewear. I believe you can wear eyewear at any event at any time, and you can be anyone. And I'm, and that's why they're classic, they're timeless, and they're premium. So we we explored that a lot of hard work, business plan, marketing plan, tick tick. That's one thing, getting it off the ground's the next, trying to find the right people. Found a guy that can, you know, that's been in the industry for 30 years. He helps us with the design element. Um, yeah, we started, as I said, I was selling them out of the back of my car. Um, you know, so, you know, they were stocked in the, his bedroom. And then, yeah, mate, like I reckon, so what are we now? Nearly six years. We're having a you know, six, I think our sixth birthday in September or, you know, late September. Um, we just it's just been a grind, mate. But it's been so enjoyable. It's been ups and downs. We've we've had some really big names in the frames, and that's that's really enjoyable. But mate, it's been really good. Everything's really going well at the moment. Um, I'm not involved in the business day to day. More involved in the weekly call. We've actually got one after this. Um, we've got you know we've got some more people in now, and yeah, it's it's a small team. It's a quality product. We've got sunglasses. We've got blue light frames. We've got prescription. We're now, you know, we're going into apparel as well. You know, during winter, sales do go down a little bit to be completely transparent. So another way, we've just had a lot of feedback over the years that why don't you guys do T-shirts and why don't you guys do hoodies and and whatnot. So we've we've trialed that this winter and it's been good. Um, but yeah, mate, the, the, the thing that I'm really proud about is just the integrity of the, the frames and how, you know, how we sacrifice margins to make sure that we, we get the Good most product. premium product, yep. and and I feel like people are really taking it. We don't we don't expect you to buy a thousand of them. We just think that if you can buy one or two, you'll have the perfect pair for a long time, provided you don't sit on them. Um, and and it's been really enjoyable, mate. It's been one of those things that when I did, I love people, yeah. So yeah, when I was doing when I was playing football, I used to go to functions and I used to just love it because I'd ask people about. You know, they have businesses, pretty much what I'm doing now with podcasts, but I'd be sitting there in functions and they go, man, how are you going with footy? And let's be honest, no one gave a fuck. They know how footy's going. They see my stats, you know. The, yeah, yeah. I, I'm here for the function. It's not the be on end Yeah, yeah. And we, but the thing was we'd pass that convo really quickly and a lot of people wouldn't have anything else to talk about. I'd be like, well, I just started this sunglass brand. And they'd be like, oh, mate, you should speak to this guy and this guy. And, and yeah, I'd go, what do you do? And even if it's a bricklaying, you know, business or it's – Whatever. They were like, well, I know this guy. And why don't you come do this? And all of a sudden, you just meet new people. They buy them. You talk to them. You, you get them to them as quick as you can. Um, so, yeah, oh, we launched it um, six years ago. It's been 
so enjoyable, been incredibly difficult, like all businesses, but we're trying our best to get our name out there. I think we're doing a great job. Um, like I said, we lean on quality and premium product first. And uh, the fact that we've been able to expand our range from just sunglasses and not only just like we're unisex, so we've got female and male, um, we've, we've been able to get the prescription so you can go online, make a claim um, with any healthcare provider, which is just amazing when you think about what happens. I know Cohen was massive on that and he did a lot of the heavy lifting for that one. And then the blue light frames, which I'm wearing today, that when you're in front of your desk and your and your and your phone, mate, like I'll get I'll get red eyes. I'll be honest. I'm on, especially with the podcast. I'm yeah. doing a lot of screen time with you know. I'm doing everything at the moment. Like you know, you you're doing your social media. You're you're on your laptop. Your, your day job, whatever. You've got to look after your eyes. And the way I keep saying to people is, you, it's not now. It's in 20 years. We yeah. didn't have this back 20 years ago. So what our you know our parents or whatever, like people that are 67, they didn't have screens in their face. 24-7 at, at 18, yet alone five years old. So it's just like a layer, you know, we call it a digital armor and you're just protecting your eyes. Just chuck them on when you're watching screen, you know, when you're on TV or you're on your laptop or your phone and then throw them away. But they also, there's just so many benefits of wearing them and that's a product that leans more performance as well and that's why I'm pretty proud about it and, and you know, get it really up and about about that. But, yeah, so the Rick's Eyewear has been um, – the business that's kind of, you know, it's the thing that's kind of allowed me to meet so many people. And I guess everyone always asks, like, what's the coolest thing about, you know, what's the coolest thing? And I always have a laugh. I go, oh, look, when a celebrity wears your sunnies, it's probably yeah. the coolest thing. Everyone talks about it. So, you know, when you got OBJ rocking the orbits and Jason Tatum just recently is rocking them. And um, I remember early days, the, the big break was Margot Robbie's rocking them down in LA and I was on the team bus you know when we land from because we fly we used to fly so much we're on the team bus playing gold coast and my phone's off and i've landed and now i've got all these messages and like you wouldn't believe it we've you know was, she's been spotted in the dre's havana and i'm going fuck this is unbelievable and obviously mutual friend palmed them to her probably a year prior but that's what i mean you sit there and you might look at your phone every day up oh, not today not today and um yeah the journey's it's just a fun one mate and they're the little, you know, they're the little rewards, I guess, with all the hard work. They're very rare ones, but you gotta you gotta celebrate them. So yeah, mate, and, and like always when I go on a podcast, I, I provide a discount code as well. So we've got one already set up, might as well just leave it as that. But if anyone out there that listens to your show and listening right now, um, head online at www.rickseyewear.com.au and use the discount code ACES at checkout and you will get twenty percent off and free express shipping. Um, I'm leaving that on, so that's for anyone that uses that. I don't know where it comes from. It's from podcasts, and um, extremely uh, grateful for anyone that supports us. So, yeah, appreciate you asking, mate. Mate, you've answered about five of my questions in one there. I know, I know the question's coming. I'm just yeah. looking after you. <laughs> yeah, he's he's unreal, this bloke. So, yeah, like I said, I'll be getting the boys onto him, and we'll be wearing them all throughout summer and spring carnival. Oh, spring carnival, up. mate. Spring that's what carnival. I'm looking forward to. I've yeah. said – I said to me, business partner, I think it was just when I finished, when I finished, when I hung the boots up, I said, mate, I'm just ready to take Ricks to the next level. You know, footy's not working out. I've lost, you know, I just lost motivation. I'm, I 
my calf shot. Let's just go spring carnival. Let's go. And then COVID just did not disappear. So this year, mate, you know, there's two years of anticipation and hard work and dedication and all that shit we were talking about. I can't wait for spring carnival. We've got every frame for every bloke and every female out there that wants to go there and look sharp. Probably lean more male out our range lately, but we've got new frames coming. I think they're a month away. So spring carnival, there's just no... No better spot to be rocking a clean suit with a premium pair of sunnies on, and and you know the funny thing, I spoke to all our, um, I spoke to all our like when I finished footy, I called our top hundred customers, and people always laugh at me, but I did. I called them all, and some of them thought I was pranking them. I said, "Why do you, you know, why do you buy so many sunnies?" Just, I just want to say, obviously, thank you. Yeah. I was wondering, some blokes bought the same pair, you know, how many times? He goes, "Mate." I fucking go to these festivals and the races, and if it's not me, one of my mates just loses them or snaps them, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I was thinking, geez, wouldn't not, we need more events? Yeah, <laughs> that's the way to get more sales. We need more events so folks get blind. But um, yeah. So having events, you know, genuinely helps our business. It's only a small business, and it's true. Yeah, and, and we've it, been locked away for two years. I know. So no one needs to really look up, you know, look sharp. So um, oh, mate, we're really excited, and we're keen to do a lot of events as well, like. I've never really done any pop-ups down here or whatever. We're keen to get out, get ourselves out there. So, yeah, if there's any stores out there from Shep that want to stock Ricks, mate, you know, just tell them to hit me up. You've got my number, pass it on. But yeah, we're looking to uh, expand and expand nicely and quickly. So, yeah, it's good fun. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for your time, mate. I absolutely appreciate it. And it's a good little stepping stone for myself to uh, progress further on. So I couldn't be more grateful. Pleasure, mate. Like I said, any time. Um, thanks for coming into the Commons. It's a nice little setup here, isn't it? I told oh. you, you got the. You could just plug in and off you go. Oh, mate! Again, it was panic stations for me because I'm going. Where am I going to do this sort of thing? Like I said, it's early days for me. So I'm like, and you've just you've just handballed and just gone, mate. Here you go. Yeah, you, you, you're a humble man. Let's everyone listening. This guy's done all the work today. He's driven to me. He's come to the Commons. He's plugged it in. He's got his mate's laptop. The CEO, you just get shit done. This <laughs> yeah, bloke. that's it. That's it. Uh, so. Bro, thanks for having me, mate. I, I love talking to new people. We've only just met. We've spoken online for a bit, but um, yeah. However, we can help each other. Let's go. And NFL, if anyone's listening, make sure they. I think we're, one thing I've noticed is a lot of people aren't in fantasy leagues. They've got it. They haven't got enough mates or whatnot. So I'm going to set up something soon um, on the American Aces channel so that people can connect with new people and and uh, get a league together and. Working on something else as well. I can't leak it yet, but there's some more exciting news coming. It's always something. I love it. That's that's what you want, though. You need to be able to push yourself to come up with new things and see what avenues work. Something might blow up. You one just... foot in front of the next, mate. Just once you've planted, then another one. Just keep growing and keep working. Absolutely. All right. Thanks again, mate. Pleasure. 